crush your menopause sugar cravings in time for warm weather fun with all-natural Bossa Bars Menopause Energy Bars. Delicious, keto, and intermittent fasting-friendly. These bars help women manage weight and energy during all stages of the pause. Try them at bossabars.com. That's B-O-S-S-A bars.com and save 10% with code Katie10. Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. Today we have a very special episode of A Certain Age. It's our second anniversary, and it is also, drumroll please, our hundredth show. And since we're all about aging out loud, you know we could not resist the chance to give this birthday a big, noisy shout out. I want to thank you for showing up every Monday and making A Certain Age part of your week. You are showing up and showing out. A Certain Age now has downloads in 100 countries across 5,024 cities. That's right. You are tuning in from San Fran to San Paolo, and I could not be happier. Midlife, like all of life, is more fun with friends. Thank you so much for being a friend of the show. And I also keep getting notifications that we are charting in Malta. Malta, thank you. And Malta, please DM me. I have a party favor I want to pop in the mail. I also have fun party favors for the rest of you, along with amazing giveaways from ACA guests. We have books from authors and some fantastic products to put in the mail. Because we are generation still appreciates snail mail. Head to the ACA Instagram at acertainagepod.com to learn more. Now on to the birthday show. We have a switch in show format. A former guest is co-hosting the show along with me, and I am in the hot seat. Please welcome back to ACA author, podcaster, and convener of women, Nina Collins. Nina is the founder of the digital platform The Wolfer, and she is the chief content officer at Revel a nationwide events and community platform for women 40 plus. She is also the author of the Midlife Manual, What Would Virginia Woolf Do? And Other Questions I Ask Myself as I Attempt to Age Without Apology. Nina is reimagining midlife and she's bringing other women along with her. I am thrilled she is here today to take the hosting reins. Welcome, Nina. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm so glad to be here. I adore you. I've loved getting to know you in the last couple of years. And um, congratulations. 100 episodes is big. It is big. You know, it's it's um, I, I didn't realize I would get here on day one, um, but I, I love podcasting and I'm and I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm, I'm excited that you're joining me for this special show. Yeah, you probably didn't know what you were getting into. How does it feel 100 episodes in? Is it different? You know, um, it is different. You know, I still... I'm still so excited every week to connect with women. I'm I'm amazed that I that I get to do this. I had um, when I launched the podcast, I gave myself um, kind of like a deadline. I said, "Let's do 12 episodes." You know, I said to myself, "Let's get to 12 episodes and see how you feel." And uh, by episode six, I loved it. I felt really um, I felt like I was enjoying myself every time I, I you know I, I started a show, connected with a guest, and. Um, I don't know. I just I feel I still feel that sense of excitement. I still feel that sense of, um, you know, what's this conversation going to hold? What am I going to learn? You know, what am I going to help my audience learn? And, um, you know, I'm still enjoying it 100 episodes later. So you're really growing with it. That's amazing. So I want to start with a difficult-ish question, which is that I'm wondering what you've learned about kind of the midlife pain points. 
what, what are the things that you think are most difficult for your audience and how has it helped you in your own life? You know, I think the, based on the downloads of shows uh, and the sort of the DMs that I get or the feedback I receive from guests, midlife pain points are about, you know, caring for our body, uh, caring for our overall health, our vaginal health, our mental health. Um, All the doctor shows really perform well. I I think people are looking for information uh, and resources to navigate these changes uh, that we that we're experiencing. Um, I think women, you know, a recent show actually that da- that did very very well in terms of downloads and feedback was when I had on um, um, Daisy Gillespie of the Mindful Closet, and she did a show on kind of editing your wardrobe, dressing for changing midlife bodies, and and just sort of living a more edited minimal life. And and I think that women are looking for ways to feel great about themselves, to feel healthy and 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 fit and and get reacquainted with their with their changing midlife body. And I also think I think they're looking for ways to sort of simplify and, and focus in on uh, really sort of prioritize simplification in their lives and 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 making room for new things. And I, I don't know if that's midlife uh, or if it's the pandemic or if sort of it's a combination of both. I think it's both. I mean, I think there is more kind of clarification as you get older about what you want. And yeah, I mean, sim- simplifying makes total sense to me. I'm wondering if that guest talked about the idea of a midlife uniform. That's something that's come up a lot in our community is kind of, does your closet get just simpler? Like, you know what works and do you want to be more kind of contained about it? Yeah, um, absolutely. Also- she did. She did focus on that. I mean, she she basically said, you know, are you know, is your closet for you or your past life? And yes. I think that's a great question to apply to anything in your life. You know, is my is my day to day or is my fitness routine for me today or for when I was twenty? You know, are my yeah. is my fan group, yeah. my circle, yeah. Yeah. the people Absolutely. in my life, my career? You know, yeah. am I hanging on to things that no longer serve me? It's so funny you say that. I trained as a coach a bunch of years ago, and I don't like actively coach in my life, but um, but some of the things I learned really helped me. And one of my favorite questions from that program was asking yourself, how does this serve me? I think it's an excellent question. Like when we're behaving badly or being, you know, not our highest selves or just doing things just all the time. How is this serving me? Is this working for me right now is a great question. Um, I'll check out that episode, The Mindful Closet. There's a woman I once interviewed, the Afro Minimalist. She's Ooh. also great. You should check her out. Yeah, I will. I love that. Yeah. We can, we can um, come back to this topic, definitely. Yeah, it's a good one. So what were you, when you started this podcast, what were you struggling with? I'm kind of curious to know how the show, have there been any like big surprises or things that you personally have really learned and taken with you on your own private journey? Uh, I love this question because I think about it uh, often. You know, I launched the show kind of in the height of the pandemic when I felt um, disconnected and, you know, a little bit isolated. I was, even though I was living at home with every single person I'm related to and gave birth to, (laughs) you know, I was in a very crowded house, but I I was feeling that I wasn't, uh, you know, I was missing being in the company of women. You know, I, I have a big circle of friends in my life. I've deliberately cultivated that, you know, across different chapters of my life. I love, I feel, I get energized from being with other women and being in a room full of like women. And, and that was missing. And I was sick of being in Zoom rooms with people. And I really just wanted to connect with people, connect with women. And I launched this and I needed a creative outlet. So I launched it to do that. And it's, 
this podcast has been all that and more. You know, I, I just have absolutely loved everyone I've connected to, the community that's being built around it. And so it definitely checked that box. What I did not anticipate was how much I was going to learn about my own body and how, you know, this sort of um, the, how I could care for it in ways that I, I didn't know, I, I didn't even know. I didn't know what I didn't know. You didn't if that, know what you didn't know. Yeah. Which is so true about so much of menopause, right? We don't, it, I mean, I think for, for most of us, it's very, become very common. I think we now really understand that for most women, there's this three or four years often where you're like, what is happening to my body? And um, it's a big learning curve. There's a lot to figure out how to how to navigate this phase. Yes. It's all doable, but you but there are a lot of questions. Totally. I mean, everything, full stop, help is out there. You know, you can, whatever you're suffering from, bladder incontinence, painful sex, low libido, brain fog, sleep issues, you know, there's, there's definitely help out there. I've done a number of shows on that. I know that you've done a number of shows on that in your own podcast. You know, what I also found uh, that I when I look back and kind of take a big picture, you know, view of, of what I've learned over these last two years, over these last hundred episodes, I really feel like that uh, pop culture gave me a bunch of age myths that I that I totally bought into, you know, and I, I bought into the idea that aging means your body falls apart and that, you know, decrepitude is inevitable. And it's not, you know, you can, I've learned that from Dr. Vonda Wright came on the show and said, you can build muscle up into your 70s. You can remain fit and, and active into your late 70s. I mean, she's, she's a doctor of sports medicine and an orthopedic surgeon, but she's also an academic researcher. She's done academic work on um, and sort of research looking at aging Olympians, the older Olympians, the senior Olympians. That's the word, senior Olympians. So you, you can remain fit. And that was Absolutely. a myth. I just saw a picture in the Times the other day of Lynn Holtz, uh, Liz Holtzman who's running for Congress. She's 80 and she was kayaking. I was very impressed. It's totally amazing. All right. We have to take a quick commercial break right now. I'm keeping an eye on that for you, even though you're the host. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about these myths about aging. We'll be back right after this. At a certain age, we love dry humor, but dry skin? No. Dry skin is one of the most common complaints of women as we age. Why? Because our skin naturally starts to produce less oil and our estrogen levels drop. And less estrogen equals drier skin. At Cary Grand Skincare, they believe that we don't need more products as we age. We need better ones with natural oil-based ingredients focusing on health and hydration, not youth and perfection. Cary Grant is dedicated to giving our skin the nourishment it needs. With a simple three-step ritual, you'll see the difference a few essential products can do. At Cary Grant, they use only the best organic, naturally derived, and non-GMO ingredients. This woman-run company is also sustainably conscious and hand-pours all their products in Seattle. Exclusively for a certain age listeners, you can use code KD20 at checkout to receive 20% off plus free shipping. That's K-A-T-I-E-2-0. Head to Carrie Grand today. That's K-A-R-I-G-R-A-N. Your thirsty skin will thank you. Okay, Nina, we're back from the break. I love that you shared that you saw Liz Holtzman kayaking. Um, we can do, we can be active and fit in in our seventies, eighties, and 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 beyond. Really, um, that was one of the myths I think that I that I was busted by creating this show. Like, you don't have to fall apart. I think another myth is that um, you know sometimes that 
that if you're in a long-term relationship that, um, you know, love fades. I had uh, Dr. Helen Fisher come on the show. She is a... Uh, an expert in sex. She, you know, is affiliated with the McKinsey Institute. She talks about the the scientific research that she did that, you know, by putting um, long-term couples into MRIs and watching their brain scans, that their brains still light up when they see pictures of of one another, that sexual attraction doesn't diminish uh, necessarily. It can, you know, and you might need to reinvent your relationships. But I you know, I'm in a long-term relationship and sometimes I, you know, pop culture has told me like, it's going to end at some point, you know, and I, I've seen that 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 doesn't necessarily have to happen. It was so great to hear that. I, all the shows that I've done on sex and midlife intimacy have been so, um, you know, I think they connect with the audience. They performed so well because we are- Well, as you say, it's such a myth that, you know, older women don't want sex and we're not sexually active and we dry up. And of course, we know all that to be untrue. It's total BS. Um, but like, you know, because pop culture is telling you you're not desirable, maybe you, sometimes we internalize these messages. And and you know, I, I, I have seen and I've talked to, I've connected to experts that share that, you know, w- women in midlife are still interested in sex. We're having a lot of it. We are sensual and passionate and, and you know, if we sort of myth bust around that, it, it allows us to, I don't know, just to sort of give ourselves permission to be, to continue being all the things that we are when um, I think cultural messaging sometimes can make you feel diminished. Well, I think one of the, one of the incredibly important things about a show like yours and conversations, women having lots of community to talk about these things is it makes women realize they're normal. So I think like, you know, vaginal dryness, for example, very, very common symptom of menopause, very dealable, but a lot of people are embarrassed about it. So you're helping bring these topics to the forefront, which is so important. I want to ask you about what your tagline, Age Out Loud, what does that mean to you? Um, Age Out Loud is something, it's really become sort of like a personal mantra and and, and a little bit of a a mission. I don't want to make it seem too grandiose, but I I honestly believe that if we don't start sharing our age and and aging out loud, you know, and um, we're never going to shift this sort of cultural conversation about what it means to uh, move into, you know, our 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond. You know, aging does not make you irrelevant. And the reason why I care about this so deeply is that my day job is helping mostly senior executives, you know, business owners um, share their professional stories using LinkedIn and other platforms. And I talk to such deeply experienced, incredible people all the time who do not want to let people know how old they are. You know, there's a lot of ageism in the corporate world. It's terrible. You know, and people really, they want to, like, drop dates off their resumes. They want to, you know, knock jobs off their LinkedIn. They want to, you know, they want to present as being younger. And I honestly, truly, deeply believe that if if we're not willing to start to age out loud culturally, this this conversation is never going to shift. And, you know, there has been, you know, just sort of historically, I think generationally, like a reluctance to put your your name. I shared, um, I don't know if I ever shared this on the podcast, but I wrote a, an article about it. I had a great friend who was, we were at her 54th birthday dinner, and she shared that she had discovered her mom's passport when she was helping her clean out her desk. And she realized at the age of 54, <laughs> her mom had been lying about her, her age her whole life. That's so hilarious. And had That's knocked really- 10 years off her life. And she's like, can you imagine? I thought my entire life, I thought my mom was 10 years younger than my dad. 
But, you know, her mom was raised in a generation where, like, ladies, you didn't talk about your weight or your age or other things. And... You know, it's, it's, it's that a, is really funny. I'm turning 53 next week and I'm trying to imagine what if I just started saying I was 43. Well, <laughs> happy birthday. Another year. Fabulous. No, I mean, we, you know, so I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, so I completely agree with you and I see this a lot, actually, particularly in LA. I really, a lot of people I know in the West coast, like I always ask people their age on my podcast and wherever I always say my age. And people in LA really don't like to, women who work in the film business do not like to say their age, not just actresses, but anyone, screenwriters, all, all the rest. It, there's real ageism in that industry. There's ageism um, in every industry. I mean, I hear this from people who work in tech because tech can be young. Oh, people, you know. for sure. I mean, everywhere. So I just, I want to, I mean, this relevance issue is important. Like, yes, of course, we're never irrelevant. And then on the other hand, I do sometimes feel like now at 53, and I love being 53, and it's the best, my 50s are definitely my best decade so far. But there are times like when I look, you know, if I read, you know, pop culture magazines, like people, and I don't know who any of the people are, like, or with tech, like there's so many new companies. And I, I do sometimes feel irrelevant in a way that actually doesn't mind that I don't mind that much. Do you never feel that way? Oh, of course. No, no, no. I mean, I think that I mean, the, the, my willingness to age out loud and my desire to like encourage other women to do it, like I want like team age out loud to be like part of our, our movement. But that doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, I, I'm at a phase in life where I don't want to be, you know, up on every YouTube star. And right. I'm OK with that, you know, and, yeah, you know, okay with that. I've had those yeah. moments where the doctor walks into the exam room and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Doogie Hauser. Like this person right. is so young. Well, I can't even when you get pulled over by a police officer is really the funniest. They right. literally are like 12 years old. Right. And then they're like mamming you. And you're like, don't mam me. Because I feel like that makes me feel, for whatever reason, yeah, that makes me feel mammy. old. By the way, yeah, I told I, I, I used that Doogie Hauser reference to my son the other day because I was telling him how I like this experience. And he like looked at me blankly. And he's like, I don't even get your reference. Like, you're so old. So, of course, there are times when we feel like a little out of step. But, you know, getting right. back to this notion of remaining relevant. You know, I honestly think that when we want to remain relevant, how we show up in our careers, our relationships, our communities, you know, we have to also be honest with ourselves. You know, are right. we, you know, are we reskilling, you know, in our careers? Are we, are we making sure that we're marketable? You know, we, we, you don't get to just coast along on being experienced. You have to remain connected to the, you know, the, the way the new work tools, new workflow, you know, workflow tools and technology and, and ways of communicating. So we really have to, um, I mean, absolutely. Reinvention is a huge issue at our age, obviously. I mean, so many of your guests, so many of my guests are on their second, third, fourth, fifth acts. I'm on my, I don't know what act. Um, I definitely have a few careers behind me. And that's that is part of continually kind of getting older and learning new things. And I remember being so proud of myself when I learned MailChimp. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> this is so exciting. It is so exciting. Um, but I, so I hear you aging out loud. I mean, I guess what how the way I interpret it and I totally relate to it is just be proud of where you are. Like I think one of the things that really motivated me to create the community. I did was this idea of shame, of kind of eradicating shame. Like, why should women feel ashamed about getting older? Men don't seem to feel that way. Um, so that's kind of something I feel very strongly about that yeah. we should be able to, you know. And you've created people- you've created community around that, Nina. What do you hear from from Revel? Because I've had the pleasure of doing some Revel events. It's a wonderful way to get connected to 
you know, women with experience, let's, you know, or, you know, women in, in, in our demographic. And I know your, your sort of swings from 40 to, you know, probably 60s and beyond. What are you hearing from the Revel community about this, this topic? Oh, everything we're talking about. I mean, I think Revel is a place, I think our main idea is it's a place where women can really kind of reignite, find passion, figure out what they want to talk about, share, learn. It's really a place for growth um, and support and friendship. And I mean, I think the biggest thing, I, I mean, the women are just incredible, basically. Like the way, even though I work at Revel and I'm one of the, you know, I founded the Wolfer, which was absorbed by Revel. So I work there, but I also use it. Like I am a reveler and I have events all the time. Like I use it for you know, I go to art galleries with women, I go hiking with women. And every time I go to events or I host an online event, like I do a documentary club online, I can't believe how incredibly smart and kind of curious and resourceful and resilient um, the women are. For me, it's it's just endlessly inspiring. I mean, like a lot of what you've talked about, about having these guests on, um, I think the community of women around us is so essential. I feel sorry for men who don't have as much of that as we do. Um, and I learn all the time from women who are ahead of me. You know, I'm like, like, how old are you? You're 52, I think. I'm 52. Yeah, I'll be 53 in September. So another, oh, another exactly month. exactly the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like, I don't know what I would do, honestly, without this community. I started it when I was 46. And now like, I just look at the women who are ahead of me, like the women in their 60s and 70s and 80s. I interviewed an amazing um, kind of legendary editor the other day named Jane Isay, who's written books on siblings and managing adult children. And she was so smart. I, I can't tell you how helpful it was to learn from this woman in her 80s. And my mom is dead. My mom died when I was a teenager. So for me, I think I think in many ways I created the community to have kind of mothers and sisters around me. Um, so, yeah, I think we grapple with all these issues all the time around irrelevancy and our bodies and it's kind of all that. I mean, you and I are very much in the same boat. Like, I think it's really like, knowledge is power. Right. We have to be able to talk about things. Um, we have to be able to get the information we need. And we want to kind of live our best lives. We want to age out loud, as you say, age bold, boldly. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love this, this idea. That, well, I'm going to look up Jane Isay after, after the show because I'm intrigued by what you share because I have kids that are, you know, that are, I have a 15 year old. I just dropped him at camp. You know, he's like 15 and I had to help him pack his camp trunk. But I also have a 22 year old who's very much, you know, becoming her own independent person and, and really relies less on me. And I, I need to figure out how, you know, to remain connect, oh. connected and guide her. And it's just sort of a different level of parenting. But it's a totally new world parenting kids in their 20s. I actually run a support group on Revel called Moms of quote unquote adult children. Okay, it's nice. Been a godsend for me because all my kids are in their 20s. And, and yeah, definitely you should interview Jane. I say she wrote a book called Walking on Eggshells. Okay. And basically, her number one piece of advice is stop giving advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> kids in their twenties, basically, shut up is it's really like, good advice. Um, but it, I love it, that. Walking on that, that that what a great title, walking on eggshells, because that is that is part of it. But this this notion yeah. of what you just shared, like almost like of having an age mentor jogged a memory. Because I had Dr. Juliana Hauser come on the show. I know you and oh, I were on a panel Juliana. with you know I like mod I had the pleasure of moderating a panel that you were on and that she was on, and she is um, you know a certainly marriage therapist, therapist, but like really more of a sex expert and a relationship 
expert, and she shared this notion about finding an age mentor, you know, where you really find somebody ahead of you uh, as a guide for, like, vibrant aging. And, you know, because we're so conditioned to think of, like, career mentors, but this notion of of looking at women who are a little ahead of you chronologically and and using them as a roadmap for what's possible in your second, you know, third, fourth, fifth act. It I is, think is really helpful. And for all the things like you mentioned, strength building and, you know, for, for everything, for how to take care of your body, for relationship modeling. Yeah, I think it's extremely important to, have, to be able to look at women ahead of you and be able to ask them questions. And yeah, it's it's been life changing for me. Absolutely. So before we go to the speed round, I want to ask you one last question, sure. which is what's next for your podcast? What will happen in year three? Um. I am going to continue talking to fantastic women who are, you know, experts in helping women thrive in midlife. That's that's, you know, my number one. But I'm also trying to share content in different ways. I've been doing I I launched a couple months ago LinkedIn Lives. I'll be doing more LinkedIn Lives in September. And that's really more of a focus on um, content that's sort of about reinventing your career or perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, uh, aging or pivoting uh, in a workplace, you know, entrepreneurship, really more kind of, you know, career growth uh, focused. I'm going to continue doing uh, Instagram lives uh, with authors, which I love. I, I, I love connecting with authors. I could talk to an author every single Monday. Uh, but I also want to create room for other voices. So I'm doing those book looks on Instagram Live, and I am in the process of trying to write my own book. And I'm, I have learned uh, from a guest on the show like Lisa McCarthy, who came on and said you need to uh, have accountability partners and declare what you're up to, so people hold you accountable. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping the certain age listeners will hold me accountable and, and in six months or so ask me, where's your book? <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm working on that. I have um, so many topics that I would love to explore that that even though I'm doing the show every Monday, there's just not enough room for covering all of what I would what, what I'd love to do. And so very, so very short term, I'm going to say that I'm going to spend August um, doing some memory making. Uh, I I had a wonderful guest that came on the show, Elise Musellas, and she shared that she sort of gives herself a different theme every month. Month, and I took that on for myself. It can be very small changes. I, I started in January by like focus on getting more water, and then I you know worked on getting better sleep in February, and. I've sort of moved through different things. In April, I was focusing on not having as much wine in my life. I had a great guest who came on. Um, she is a recovery coach, and she made me think a little bit more about, you know, how often I'm using alcohol. So I did some moderation, and I tried to incorporate that. But my uh, my August is going to be about memory making and having fun. So I That's put- so great. I love having a, a theme every month. It's very disciplined. And I also just love how much kind of curiosity you have, which is wonderful. I mean, having so many interests and that you sound really excited. So I'm thrilled for you. Yeah, thank you. I will be hiking in Acadia. Uh, that's my first memory for August. For that August. Totally a goal of mine, <laughs> hiking in Acadia. Good for you. Yeah. So we, I right. know we have to be intentional about how we how we spend our time because as we know, uh, you know, it's we're 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 in our 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond. You know, we we need to bring intention about how we're spending our days. I you know what I'm doing? I just booked an entire month in Europe in October. Okay. That is <laughs> goals. Oh my yeah. gosh. 
My boyfriend's youngest child is just leaving for college next week. I'm already an empty nester. We work remotely and we were like, okay, let's just go rent Airbnbs in Europe and spend the entire month there. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. That's going on my bucket list. Have that, okay. Enjoy that. Amazing. All right. So speed round. My superpower in the podcasting booth is? Listening. My superpower at home is? Uh, uh, enthusiasm slash maybe delegating. Okay. If I never have to talk about this midlife topic again, I'd be thrilled. Retirement. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to retire, and I'm also scared that I can't. <laughs> that is so interesting. We just published a piece on five things I've learned in retirement that was very, very popular, and it was surprisingly, like, I mean, maybe not surprisingly, but super positive. So I might push you to rethink, to just, like, think about that a little more. Okay. There, there are good things about retiring, I think, for certain people. Yes. Um, I could talk about this midlife topic all day long. Dry vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> so sexy. No, well, I know, but like I am, I am on a mission to make sure that no woman has one. And um, I totally agree with you. I'm a huge fan of coconut oil and HRT, but coconut oil I literally use two or three times a day in my vagina, and it's awesome. So nice, big fan. Uh, favorite hack to fuel midlife health and well-being: Bikram yoga. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I thought I thought you might say water. Drink more water. I think we're all dehydrated. But Bikram is an excellent answer. Best stress buster? Uh, Well, I just said Bikram yoga. So I'm going to go with uh, sort of bedtime reading. Oh, that's nice. Um, On weekends, you will find me. Uh, reading, playing, uh, playing, uh, right now I'm playing pickleball. I, it's like, sometimes it's hard to admit that because I feel like a golden girl, but I'm, I'm very into it. Um, I'm playing it too. I'm (laughs) in a tournament evening actually. I'm loving pickleball. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Let's play. I'm like super, like I'm, I'm a big pickleball nerd all of a sudden. So I would love that. No, no, me too. In fact, I was thinking about doing like a revel pickleball clinic. I am coming. I am coming. So much fun. Yes. Except and now I have all these plans. Like I'm going to Europe in October. So how long can I play football? I know. Too many exciting things to do. All right. Finally, your one word answer to this question. As I age, I feel limitless. Oh, it's so good. Mine was powerful. I'm answering them as you are, but limitless and powerful. Awesome. Let's do it. That's the that's the one-two punch, right? Let's do it. Let's both be limitless and powerful. I love it. Powerful. Exactly. Well, this was great, Katie. I love talking to you. I'm very, very happy for you. I think your podcast is amazing. You're doing amazing things. I'm excited for the coming years as we're going to get old together. We're going to play pickleball, right? (laughs) I love it. Nina, thank you so much for coming on and, um, you know, sharing yourself and co-hosting and and asking such smart, thoughtful questions. I, I loved I loved this conversation. Lots of fun. Well, enjoy Maine and happy anniversary. Thank you, Nina. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. Don't forget to join me over on Instagram for party favors all week long. We're giving away books, treats, and A Certain Age swag. So stop by at A Certain Age Pod for your party favor. I want to close by thanking everyone who has helped play a role in making A Certain Age. Dave Goldberg of Digital Waterworks for audio production and editing. Aveline Malik, who creates the show Transcripts. Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. And special thanks to each of the amazing women who have come on the show as guests to share their stories, smarts, and sparkle. 
Thank you to Nina Collins for joining me today. I am so proud to be aging out loud with all of you. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties.